0: that time's yours hello and welcome to times ours a brand new kansas city chiefs podcast right here on the athletic i josh briscoe have the privilege of quarterbacking this show but it's really really easy because of the skill players around me nate taylor and seth kaiser both here all three of us all together it's the dream team guys it really is
1: it it literally does not get better than the talent in this show, <laughs> and I can, say that as humbly search, as possible.
0: You can search far and wide, and you will just find, in comparison to this show, just a bunch of schmucks. Really, is what <laughs> Seth is saying. Not to put words into Seth's mouth. I'm not uh, That was pretty I'm accurate. <laughs> So this is uh, this is the first episode of this, obviously, because you weren't going to miss an episode. No, you're going to be here for all of them. Uh, it's the very first episode of this brand new podcast right here on The Athletic. Every Monday and Friday, we're going to be here, the three of us doing this show together. Um, now listen, we're all going to be in a thousand different places because Seth refuses to leave the state of Minnesota for reasons that he'll explain in episode two. Um, but every Monday and Friday, we've got new episodes of this show coming out to you every Monday. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts, but every Friday it's exclusive to the athletic. So if you're hearing this out given to the world and you're, you're going, Oh, great. Yes. This will just show up and I don't have to do anything for it. Wrong. Come to the athletic. What are you waiting for? If you're not here already and you can get this show twice a week, we're going to make magic or at least we're going to make a podcast. Sounds great. I, we're gonna have some awkward pauses also well, we're, all lear, we're, we're learning, learning the this. Offense this is week here.
2: this is week one what do you what do you want
1: i i like the sound of that plan i especially and honestly you you can't haul me out of the north there i'm just stuck up here <laughs> there josh
0: this is where i belong thanks very much yeah hoser it, it's just so strange hearing you uh so very clearly um it's it honestly it's a little disconcerting and it's weird not seeing nate because usually i feel like i talk to nate in person and you i'm usually hearing you through the one hardline phone in the state of minnesota
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's the only way to keep my kids from stealing my phone i don't know what you want from me josh this is this is big though this is exciting
0: Oh, it's so exciting. I, I legitimately just could not be more excited about where this show is going to go, um, and I don't even know where that is, and I'm still excited about it. So if, if for any reason at this point you're not already, you can follow Nate Taylor on Twitter at By Nate Taylor. Seth is at RealMNChiefsFan. I'm at JBBrisco. There's no E. There's never an E on Briscoe. and if you, send, if you, if you follow JBBrisco with an E, you're going to find a world of, of disappointment. Oh not in this show, though. No disappointment here. None whatsoever. <laughs> because here's what we're talking about today. Okay, there's actual news from the Chiefs on an injury front where you're going to we're going to actually have conversations about how much do these things matter. Chad Henney and Breland Speaks have been at least for the interim sort of minimized out of this season as we've talked about them both in very different ways so far. Plus, uh, up on The Athletic, Seth just had an uh, article about Frank Clark. We've talked about him a lot this offseason, and I would argue still. Probably not talked about him enough yet. Plus, Andrew Luck retired, and that's crazy. And and we will eventually get to that. Plus, we'll talk about after these three preseason games that we've seen from the Chiefs, what's something that we now see differently than we did before training camp began. We'll all give you uh, our, our angles on that. But let's start with with the news of the day, of the week, really. Um, Breland Speaks and Chad Henney both suffer pretty serious injuries in that third preseason game. We're just now starting to see all of those uh, pieces come together and what that means. Nate, you have the piece up on The Athletic. You're out there every day. Can you explain what you know about these injuries and the timetable for these guys? Right,
2: and and it's it's an interesting case because both guys were going to be relied on at some point at varying degrees. I think Chad Henning value is in the quarterback room, the idea that he can give Patrick Mahomes a, a veteran presence and sort of what he's seen on the field and what teams are going to scheme up against the Chiefs this season. He looks to be done for the year, just because he is a backup quarterback. You will hope that Patrick Mahomes plays all 16 games in the regular season. The team, in response to Heaney's injury, is going to bring in Matt Moore, who is an 11-year veteran, most known for his sort of up and down performance with the uh, Miami Dolphins, filling in for Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. But I think the bigger industry, or excuse me, the bigger injury moving forward is Breland Speaks, because I was told today that he was basically the defensive end that was going to come in and give either a break for Frank Clark or the guy opposite from him, Alex Okafor. And the idea was that he was going to get majority of snaps on third down inside. So there was sort of a package being created from Steve Spagnola that, Hey, we're going to have Alex Okafor, Chris Jones, Breland speaks Frank Clark sounds pretty good on paper, But now he's going to be done for at least three months, particularly four, if he doesn't heal as quickly as the team hopes. But there's still a slim chance that he could come back from IR as one of the two designations that you can bring back after six weeks of not being with the team on the active roster. So now it's up to Tano Passanio, a third-year player who really hasn't shown anything in the regular season that's going to be asked to do a ton (laughs) as we move forward in the regular season. (laughs)
0: Uh, Seth, before you get irrationally excited about Tano passing, and we'll have a moment for that, uh, wh- we've talked about Breland Speaks a ton in his tenure with right. the Chiefs because he was a pick that was kind of confusing. He was a fit <laughs> in the scheme last year that made absolutely confusing no sense. is, is confusing. very nice. Absolutely. Josh, I'm sorry. That is the most diplomatic yeah. thing I've ever heard. That was a confusing well, no. pick. <laughs> well, I was going to get less diplomatic to the point of saying like he may as well have been playing slot corner last year. He was as out of place as I've seen anything ever. Like he straight up was a zebra in the in the lion exhibit. Like it was it was a disaster for for his positioning last year. And it feels like we've seen him grow some throughout this training camp and preseason. So yeah. what had you seen from Speaks, and then what does this take away, Seth? You know, I saw a little
1: bit from Speaks in the limited action that he had where he's always had heavy hands, and he's always looked like maybe he could get something done. He's like a post-contact pass rusher. As in, once he's engaged with someone, that's where he seems to do his best work, which is weird because he doesn't show this like amazing power with his legs or anything. It's just like, I swear to God, his arms weigh twice as much as everyone else's. Because when he swats people's <laughs> hands away... It their yeah. hands stay away. I, now that's the theory I have. I'm not saying it's a good theory, but right. <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of. But overall, I, I just he still wasn't really popping to me. Yeah, and I, I I'm I'm a, I'm bummed for him that he got hurt. Right. but I don't really know. You know, I it took everything I had in me not to say as Nate was like, "Oh, they had a whole package for Breland Speaks," and I was like, "Dodged a the bullet there." <laughs> but I I feel bad <laughs> saying things like that. But I well, just you looked, did it looked, anyway. This, the, the team is this still high on really, the internet, Seth. Really speaks, but but you're
2: right. I mean, he hadn't shown a ton last year, even as a outside linebacker who didn't need to really
1: be there, Bob.
2: <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> that was a rough spot, and and so yeah. maybe it could have changed for sure. Because he looked he looked better than he did yeah. last year for sure. Absolutely. And so I mean maybe that's unfair by me, but I, it didn't seem like he'd necessarily earn the steps because Nate, you know, you said the team's high on him, and I all I can do is think of that Ryan Reynolds GIF, and it's not a GIF, Josh, it's a GIF where a he gif, goes, where he goes, but where he goes, but why?
0: Yeah, <laughs> but why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have an answer for that, Nate?
1: Uh, well,
2: especially since they had Tano Passanio as a second round draft pick the year prior, who was also under development. And there was a case to be made that he didn't fit Bob Sutton's system either. But, hey, at least he was big, menacing, and looked to have more of a polished (laughs) skill set than Breland Speaks. To that being said, I don't know what Breland Speaks was going to do because they asked him to bulk up. But then they asked him to shed weight once we got to camp because he was, like, overweight, which he (laughs) told me, like, a week ago. Uh (laughs) yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, he, he, he so is a wide scene. body, so he's hard to move once he is engaged. I, I think okay. that is I a mean, good point from Seth. But honestly, they brought in Frank <laughs> Clark because you can't really trust Breland really Speaks, Tano Passino to yeah. the point where you need them on every down. Yeah,
0: he's wide a body wide is how body you is
1: wi- that's that's mean, how you go want ahead, your nose Seth.
0: tackle. That's how you want your nose tackle described. Right. Not your hybrid back. Uh, edge rusher extraordinaire. Um, Okay, so, uh, Seth, I'm going to come back to you on Passigno, but one more thing from Nate here. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba probably makes the team because of this, I would think. I I don't know if you think that he would have been on the roster if it wasn't for this injury, but what is the role for him? Because I've straight up, I've seen him on the practice field, Mm -hmm. I've watched him during preseason games, and every time he stands up straight, I go, my God, that man is so, that is an enormous human being. And then I don't I don't think I could tell you dead serious, I don't think I could tell you one thing I noticed him doing consistently in games or in practice. So what's the pulse on Agba right now?
2: Well, is going to be the guy that's right behind Tano Passio on the depth chart, so he, I guess, is defensive in four. Um, mm-hmm. He is a veteran. He has done stuff in the past, although it's not a ton. He is not a contract year, so if he's ever going to produce at a high rate, given the amount of snaps he plays, this is the opportunity for him to do it. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's versatile. He fits the Steve Spagnuolo archetype. Well, he's a little bigger, a little taller than than what the traditional defensive end is. But I still think we haven't seen a ton from him in preseason that gives you confidence. It's just a rather – he knows the system. He fits the scheme. He's been with us all offseason. Maybe he can give us something when we give him a few snaps here in the regular season.
0: So we can we can use this to jump over to a conversation about Frank Clark here. But, Seth – this defensive in group goes Frank Clark 1, Alex Okafor 2, Tano Passanio 3, Emmanuel Ogba 4. And you feel how about that?
1: I feel pretty good about the group. I really like Okafor. I really like Clark. Um, I prefer Passanio, uh to mm-hmm. to be the backup guy that's coming in. And I think I prefer Ogba as well to Speaks. And, you know, I mm. feel bad. You know, I, I laugh and stuff. But, I mean, just Speaks. Agba at least showed like he could play at a roughly a league average level, maybe a little below last mm-hmm. year in Cleveland. And Passanio, I think has more potential. Um I love the word menacing that yeah. Nate used. He is yeah. a menacing dude. Like yeah. but he's he's got some he's got some skills in terms of his, his functional strength. He's a little faster. You, we've seen it a couple times in the preseason. When he closes on quarterbacks, it's always way faster than they think it'll be. He, like, I don't know if it's because his legs are so long, but he just strides mm. towards them, and it's oddly
0: terrifying. Oh, it, It's not oddly at all. It's like watching a dinosaur that you haven't seen before. It's like, wait a second, it shouldn't <laughs> be that fast. Like, that doesn't seem like it's physically possible by the laws of nature. Um, so this is something I just realized as we are, as we are in the, the maiden voyage of this show. We have to decide things about, like, how inside do we want to get here and uh, and I can use this as an opportunity to say if you'd like to cast your vote you can you can tweet all of us and use the hashtag times ours and uh, we will see those I'm sure we'll all set up a little tweet deck column to see that hashtag Oh, yeah and uh, we can take feedback and yes. questions and all of that. I also love the hashtag times ours because if you uh, read it really quickly and see time sours, it also sounds like a, a candy so tangy that it completely warps your sense of time and space, and so that makes me very happy. So, hashtag times, or, uh, times ours or hashtag times ours. Either one's <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> but, Nate, you mentioned something with Speaks that, that the three of us have all talked about. I don't even know if we really talked about it on the radio or anything. Um, but, but having Speaks kick inside, um, especially in, in passing downs, we've also seen Passigno do yes. that. Um, and I, I believe, Seth, you'll uh, back me up on this, that, that Ogba was doing a lot of that last year with Cleveland, right? Correct. So you've got, a, you've got an interior defensive line group that obviously has Chris Jones. I, everybody I've ever heard talking about Derek Nottie has been con, you know, con, continually getting higher and higher on Derek Nottie. Xavier Williams, currently still in that group, might be a little bit of a bubble kind of going on behind those guys. But uh, Seth, what do you see the Chiefs attempting to do there as they, they move some of those guys who can play on the ends into the inside? What is Spagnola trying to accomplish there? You know, it's tough to
1: say. I hate to predict too much about what is going to do, considering that he's had that year off. He might change a lot Mm -hmm. of things. But what we do know is the most successful defenses that he's ever had, he rotated guys inside and outside. And that was one of the things he had with with some of those great Giants defensive lines. You know, you remember guys as as edge defenders, etc. But they rotated inside quite a bit. And having a lot of bodies to throw, that's a good thing. And so I did see, you know, during the dress rehearsal game, which this is only a snap or two, they had Passanio lined up inside uh, next to Chris Jones with Frank Clark and Okafor on the edges. I think you'll probably see some stuff like that. Right. Um, one thing with Agba, he's kind of like Okafor light. Not that he's smaller. He, I think he's basically the same size, although Okafor is a big dude. Um, Both of them are large men. They they are, and that's that's the case across the line. Frank Clark is kind of the small guy of right. the group, and he has a ton of power. Um, yeah. And so I think you've got a lot of guys you can rotate in or out, and and that's even with Speaks out. I, I'm I'm pretty comfortable if your fourth guy up is Agba. I think you're still doing well because he's a guy who can take snaps and not completely you know blow things. He doesn't just become this blank spot along the line. And so I'm kind yeah. of excited to see how they do that moving forward.
0: Uh, Ogba and Okafor both listed at 6'4". Ogba's got nine pounds on him based off like the Wikipedia entry there, so there's fluctuation, but essentially the same size and just a ton of of size on that defensive line. Uh, Nate, do you concur with that general look at the defensive line I mean, if you're looking at stuff like passing downs and trying to get to the quarterback? If you you listen to anybody talk about football right now, Aaron Donald's really helped people realize that pressure up the middle is going to be the most effective. Is it fair to say that's what the Chiefs are trying to capitalize on there? It
2: is, and the guy you're trying to beat this season, like you did last year in the AFC Championship game, is Tom Brady. And what history has shown is that because he gets the ball out so quickly, because he dissects defenses really well, pressure up the middle gets him off his spots. We know his arm strength isn't as good as it was in years previous. And so that's sort of the idea that, Steve Spagnuolo presented to Andy Reid back in, I want to say, late January, early February, whenever they were making the hire to bring him on. It wasn't just that, hey, I would run zone coverage every now and then. You know, I might mingle that in. I might right. sprinkle that bad boy in every now and then. But I would also rotate guys so that they aren't gassed in overtime of an A&C championship game when you need to get one stop on third down. Uh, if you rotate oh, eight or nine guys in, why don't you
0: why don't you use a real example, Nate? Why don't you use an example from real life instead of making up a fantasy example? Well,
2: well hey, I instead of everything. using you know just four guys to rush the passer and they're all you know just yeah. gassed and tired in the fourth quarter, if you rotate more guys in, yeah. if there's more stunts, if there's more uh, one-on-one matchups yes. that you can sort of build off on as the game goes on, that should give you an advantage, I should say. And I think that's what Steve Spagnuolo presented to Andy Reid, and that's what they've tried to do. On like a Diet Pepsi snap count because they don't want to obviously give away what right. the game plan is moving forward when they do see Jacksonville on September eighth.
0: Is this a Diet Coke slash Diet Pepsi show? By the way, we need to identify this soon before I decide if I want to stick around. No, I, this is this I'm, is full on what,
2: like. Uh, what's the best example I can give that's not going to get us in trouble? It's just Red Bull. It's just so much Red Bull. Sprinkling a little five-hour energy drink. <laughs> we that's we're, good, like we're,
1: we're we're the monster rehab energy drinks that I used to drink all the time <laughs> oh, in law school. And then one day that's I like good. started felt like I was going blind, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> drink these anymore." But here you? I are. don't know. Yeah, oh,
0: exactly. Excellent. A proof that it works. Um, we this is very on brand at least for me, but we basically ignored Chad Henney. Like Nate was like, "Yeah, his legs broken. He's probably hey, done." They brought him out more. A fractured ankle
2: to a <laughs> and, guy who's been in the league eight, uh, excuse me, eleven years, just at the backup quarterback. When hey, yeah. you
0: back up the league MVP, basically says, "Yeah, hey, it'll be great to yeah. see you in the
2: locker room, man. <laughs> it'll be great to see you right. in the locker room." So, you,
0: I mean, you mentioned that like he was there to be kind of a sounding board for. Right. Uh, for Patrick Mahomes. He was a Diet Pepsi Alex Smith, <laughs> like, you know, in that regard. How much does that matter? And within all of that, like, why Matt Moore, instead of letting a guy like Chase Litton or Kyle Shermer, who's gotten a lot of run in the preseason, right. uh, why not let one of them just take on that The role?
2: one statistic that I can provide for all of our listeners is um, the amount of snaps that both Ch- or, uh, excuse me, Chase Litton and Kyle Shermer have played in the regular season is zero.
0: Uh so hold on. I'm, I'm gonna look that I'm gonna look that up really quick. And right. <laughs> One, one guy is
2: an undrafted uh rookie free agent. That's that's uh Kyle Shermer, the yeah. son of Pat Shermer, the coach of the New York Giants. And yeah. one of and the other guy is Chase Litton, who spent the entire year on the practice squad. So I I prefer Chase Litton over Kyle Shermer at this point. I think he's been in the system a year longer. Uh, he has a stronger arm based on what we've seen in both preseason and in practice at training camp. But to be said, if Patrick Mahomes has to miss a game or two in October, who handing it over to a guy who's never done it when you're trying to get the number one seed in the <laughs> yeah. AFC playoffs doesn't sound great. So it made sense for Brett Veach to sort of call a guy that he's been, you know, intrigued by over the last couple of years, um, who, who he tried to convince to to come on the team around the same time, I think, as as – um, as Chad Henney and Matt Moore, and again, mm-hmm. as I wrote today in the in the Athletic, and you can read it um, on the website. That you know, in 2016, Matt Moore proved that like he could be a a standardized backup quarterback. Like, hey, I can beat the Buffalo yeah. Bills and the New York Jets right. in December to get the Miami Dolphins as a last wild card team in the playoffs. So, if you just need a right. guy who can not screw it up a guy who can understand Andy Reid's play calling and hopefully he learns the system rather quickly in case, you know, you know, God forbid Patrick Mahomes misses a game or two. Uh, you are going to give those reins to him versus Chase Litton or Cal Sherman guys who are scratching just to make it in the league.
0: Uh, Seth, anything to add on that front?
1: Just that the amount of internal screaming I did when Nate was like, ah, you know, something happens to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. (laughs) Just part of me died. I I would agree with everything he said. I mean, you can't hand it over to guys that you have no idea what will happen. I mean, you could. It's just not a good idea. Right. I really liked, you know, Nate, you came out with that nugget that they had had approached him earlier. Right. They obviously like him. Anytime you're going to try to get a backup quarterback – you should at least try to find a guy who at one point in his career had people thinking that he could be a starter. And Matt Moore yeah, and Chad both fit that description. Yeah.
2: And and the thing too that I wrote, and we'll get to this later, I know, Josh, um, the Indianapolis coach, should just be on the phone constantly. So it was surprising to me that, <laughs> yeah. that the Chiefs were yeah. able to get this done before the Colts sort of showed their hand in terms of who they're looking at in the market because of what happened with right. Andrew Luck on Saturday. So – this is obviously Andy Reid and Brett Veach sort of coming together and saying, like, hey, let's let's get somebody as quickly as we can so they can learn the offense, and we know that there's another team out there who's in the same sort of situation we're in based on our injury.
0: Last thing on that for me is something just as a clarification. Uh, if Matt Moore or anyone not named Patrick Mahomes has to play, like, 10 or 12 games for the Chiefs, the season's over. I mean, like, well, well, like the bleep, they could, the, it, Yes. Yeah, they could, the podcast will get really team.
2: weird.
1: Oh. Yeah, 100%, 100%. the things we will find to talk yeah. about.
0: I have but, this really if weird tree to... in my backyard. What is it, guys? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be bad. I do, by but the way. If he... Yeah, I, I look forward to that. Hopefully, that's a bye week conversation. Then, um, right? That hold that for the bye week, would you please, Seth? You've got to okay, get. It. I'll hang on to that gold. Late November, but but if Chad, if um, if if any of these dudes, if it had to be Chad, right. any if it's Matt Moore, if they have to go out there and play the Vikings and Titans two weeks in a row. All right, you know what? There's a chance. Like, you know, that's that's a reasonable thing to expect them mm-hmm. to be able to hold down. Um, Seth, I want to just lob this one for you. You wrote an article about Frank Clark again. If if you haven't read it yet, or if you're listening to this and not subscribed to the Athletic, it's up on the Athletic right now. You did a film review of him whenever the Chiefs brought him in, but you've you've kind of taken another swipe at the the place you're at with Frank Clark. What did you find?
1: Absolutely. So when they first signed Clark, I obviously went back and I charted snaps from six of his games to try to get an idea of who he is game by game. There was a really good opportunity with them playing San Francisco to see him up against a really solid tackle in Joe Staley, a guy who's a veteran, been doing it for a long time, and is still playing at a high level. Um, and so that that's one of the complaints that I always had about D Ford was that his level of play kind of depended on who he was up against. And so mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to, to show a little bit that what kind of impact Clark managed to make in just 23 snaps. Because really, as a defensive player, you're probably only going to really impact a handful of snaps a game, like really impact them. That's just the nature of the beast. You know, they'll run away from you or you, you just won't be involved in the play. But he had multiple snaps. Obviously, he had a sack, and everyone notices that. But he also had a really nice uh, tackle in pursuit. He also had a really nice setting of the edge and another snap and just did an overall good job where he had a very, very positive impact on multiple plays. And some of them, what I wanted to write about and what I tried to show, they kind of go unnoticed. And so the Chiefs defense really needed playmakers. And yeah. everyone talks about Tyron Matthew, and that obviously is true. But I think Clark is the type of guy that, regardless of matchup, will make plays each and every week because of his combination of of size, speed, technique. I kind of slowed down the sack to show mm-hmm. people that this yes. wasn't just, well, he just ran right around Joe Staley. Well, no, he didn't. Um, And, and uh, Baldy, Brian Baldinger, I also did because he gets all 22 during the preseason because he's clearly... A favored person. Uh, he he showed the. He, I'm not resentful at all of no, those lucky few. That, that, that doesn't. That doesn't. No, you no, up that's wall. no. That's. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I don't have a list or anything. Um, and so I just, <laughs> I just sit. I would just look at it, and when you slow it down, you see him. He's been using power throughout the game. He's done a few inside moves. They haven't worked because Staley's a good tackle. So he fakes inside and he uses his left hand to swat, and then he shows way more bend around the edge than I think people realize Clark has. Clark runs around to 275. He's a big guy. Um, But it's just a really fun, fun play to watch because it just demonstrates all the things that he can do, and fortunately, Nate was kind enough to get some quotes from him on kind of you know how he, he sets things up, and according to him, I mean, I don't know, Nate, you almost, in his quotes, he almost made it sound like, that's eh, preseason, I'm just kind of doing things based on what's in the game, but now, now we'll really get started, and that's exciting. Right, because he sort of alluded to the idea that, hey, I'm, I'm going to have
2: sort of an idea of what I want to do in the first half, and then I'm going to use that information to then get the offensive tackle to sort of show his hand so that I can use it in the second half or, you know, I can sort of build my pass rushes uh, the same way you would build a house. Like, you need a foundation to start with and then you can sort of go from there. Basically, against uh, right. Staley, the way he showed it, and I just watched the clip um, on your article, Seth, is the idea that, like, he sort of hesitates and then he quickly gets under Staley's arms. And so, basically, Staley's, like, holding him, which is hilarious as he's still That's getting right. the sack. Uh, he, he, you know, so that that shows you that he's obviously seen what the tackle does and can quickly react to that, or he can go right by the tackle with the speed rush, or as I've seen in training camp, and I'm sorry, Cam Irving, but I'm going (laughs) to tell people this right now. Uh,
0: Frank Clark (laughs) used
2: a spin move on Cam Irving that was so embarrassing for Cam Irving that he literally laughed during practice because (laughs) you're not going to see that in the preseason, but at some point you're going to see that on like a third down. Maybe it's a tight game in the third quarter, perhaps in the fourth quarter where he has this combination of a sort of a, a jab or a quick, you know, stab move that allows him to like lean into the spin room that was very Dwight Freeney-esque that I'm just ready nice. to see in the regular season. So if you know if teams think that Frank Clark shouldn't be double teamed or shouldn't be chipped at a high rate this year, um, these tackles, even for a caliber of a guy like Staley, who's you know, I'm sure working on things in the preseason too it's going to be uh, an advantage. You know, excuse me, an advantage for the Chiefs' defense, just because he can do things that I'm sorry, I just don't think D. Ford can do it. D. Ford was so quick that that was yeah. his advantage. Where I feel like there's a combination of moves and maybe even a higher bit of you know saviness in terms of watching film and setting guys up that Frank yep. Clark has the ability to do on a week in week out basis.
0: Pass
1: rushing with a plan uh, that is that is huge. Yeah.
0: I asked this Nate uh for a reason that I'll explain to everybody else later but did that spin move Cam Irving incident did that ever make it up on like Chiefs Twitter or anything like that?
2: No. No. I was just I was okay. just so I was told I was told by BJ Kissel who is uh the Chiefs reporter that not only uh, was mm-hmm. it an amazing sight to see as as we all saw it but it was just like Mm -hmm. because of the audio of Cam Irving laughing, you just you just, you just like, I mean, we would, they would basically have to get permission from Cam and and I'm sure Cam was, you know, and by the way, this was the first day of padded practices, so it wasn't like we were Ooh. deep into training camp. It was Frank just like not bleep around. Yeah, I mean it was just crazy to know that like Kim's looking at Frank like, dude, it's the first day where we're in pads. Can you not <laughs> this isn't like a summit. This isn't a game in January, man. What are you yeah, doing? So right. it was Whoa, just one of those things stop. where like you don't wanna and I think this is too like the the team from a from a NFL production standpoint, I don't think the team wants to show that move on, on Twitter or, or Facebook or anything like that either so it works out for both parties Frank Clark can keep that secret until we see it in a regular season game and Cam Irving doesn't have to you know face the embarrassment of fans sort of seeing that on display
0: (laughs) right I think this is one thing that we're going to offer over the course of this show is you're going to learn some things about like just you're going to start paying attention to different things and so if you see if you see uh Cam Irving get Clowns so aggressively that that incredible move doesn't make it to social media. There's there's a conversation like we can't we can't post this right. Like this is this is this makes Cam look really bad. I mean, one guy that's looks happening, amazing. That's happening somewhere. But one guy looks like. Right, but but they're both on the team, though they're both on the roster. So that that video right. cannot not see the light of the one, day. One thing is that, there, that cannot get retweeted. If
2: fans really want to go down like the Twitter uh, timeline for the Chiefs, uh, you know, uh, official account, there's a move that uh, Xavier Williams did on an offensive line that cannot be named because he did it so well that like the offensive lineman can't be identified. They use that video. So in some ways it's like hey see
0: you got to protect the identity of the you got to protect the
2: identity of the offensive lineman I don't think it was a starter but it, it looked to be like a young guy and Xavier just took him to like took just took him to work and like hey hey young fellow let me show you how to use this <laughs> swim move on you oh there you go no, wo- wo- yo I'm right by you but it was he did it so fast and the camera moved with Xavier that it didn't show the offensive lineman and and that is great work oh, by whoever shot good. that shot that one on one drill in training camp
0: such good camera work. Uh, we got to get out of the Frank Clark conversation, but the one thing that I, I – basically the entire time both of you guys were talking about Frank Clark, I was watching the slow-mo version of that mm-hmm. sack on loop, again, in Seth's article. Um, like, and I, I saw this happen live, but it's never gotten less amazing. He straight up made Joe Staley read his last name on his way to consume Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> like, Joe Staley is reading – it's like C-L-A-R-K. Oh, it's Frank Clark <laughs> because I just read his nameplate. I don't know how often I've seen stuff like that, man. Like that's a unique move. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, he can. Play. I'm watching it again. He's yeah. He's he's going to he's going to blow people away this year. I think.
0: Welcome to Times R is a podcast here uh, from the Athletic. Frank Clark's good at this, and uh, this is where you can get this kind of top shelf analysis, uh, yes. where we believe that Frank Clark is definitively good at football. Right. Uh, okay, so that's probably not really a surprise, but I want to talk a little bit about things that might be. Um, after we've seen these three preseason games, we get the dress rehearsal, which I put in giant air quotes because, you know, they, all those starters, man, they shucks. They were going to play all three quarters, but it just got, in the, you know, weather happened and time happened, and so nobody plays as long as anyone wants to see him, although I'm totally good with it. I don't need to see Patrick Mahomes getting banged up in a preseason game one bit but we've seen training camp. Uh, we've all we all went out to St. Joe for different stretches of time, and we've seen these preseason games come through. And I think that a few things have changed a little bit. Um, I want to know from each of you guys what's something that you feel differently about, or someone who you feel differently about right now as opposed to how you did before training camp. Nate, we'll go to you first.
2: Yeah, this is pretty easy for me. I, I, I wrote about Darwin Thompson. I feel like I was the first Chiefs beat writer to write about him, which was like right after the draft and I looked Pat yourself on the yeah, back. Do it, come on, reach exactly. don't, hurt, don't mean, hurt your shoulder. I mean this is this is the content that I give that I give our subscribers. But I, I was pretty high on him <laughs> early. and uh he has hit every mark since then. And the thing that Surprises yep. me the most is not only does he have the strength, but he has the attitude, at least right now, that should give him the confidence to know that he can compete in this league and that he can be potentially RB2, right? I mean, he's he's made Carlos yeah. Hyde very expendable. And I didn't necessarily see that coming yes. into to training camp where I thought like, oh, you know, Carlos Hyde, veteran guy. He knows how to pass protect, short yardage gain. Hey, he can maybe, you know be tough in between the tackles. Darwin's that and more. He's a very good receiver. I think people have seen that in the preseason. He can make the first guy miss, which is so crucial for running back in the NFL. And he trucked a guy on the Cincinnati Bengals and tried to leap over another one and scored a touchdown. And then he ran really well against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think Seth mentioned in his story that you know that was against the first team guys for the Steelers. So these weren't just slouches. These are guys that can really, uh, that are going to be counted on each Sunday. And so... The, the the idea is that can Andy Reid find a way to get Darwin Thompson the ball in space? Can he get him a couple screens here and there? Uh, will he do something in the passing game as like the additional receiver in a five wide receiver set where the running back goes out of the backfield and lines up um, with the rest of the faster guys on the team? So if you haven't done your fantasy football draft, I'm just saying if there's a sleeper, it appears that Darwin
0: Thompson is a viable candidate for you. Uh, I want to go next because Seth, you're going like way. You're going way different than what Nate and I are taking here because a bunch of the things that the Nate obvious just said. Ones. We well, listen here. You're here to do the hard work. Nate and I are here oh. to take the obvious <laughs> answers. All right, no complaining, no complaining. Get back to your film uh, grinding, nerd. <laughs> yeah, listen. You go watch some linebackers, and and Nate and I are going to talk about uh, running backs and wide receivers. Okay, get out of here. <laughs> Um, I'm also going rookie and also going offensive side of the ball because for me, while I think that, that Darwin Thompson probably has a clearer path to an even larger opportunity, I've been really impressed with McCole Hardman throughout this entire preseason. And since we're all promoting things, I was talking about, listen, I know Nate was writing about Darwin Thompson, but I was talking about McCole Hardman on the radio. Uh-oh. Immediately following the draft, over on Sports Radio Eight Ten, where I'm there, I'm there pretty much every day. You can just go, just follow me on Twitter. All right, Um, but we were talking about Nicole Hardman there a lot, and and looking at at some of his film, and we talked about it with with Seth because Seth's on Eight Ten and Nate's on Eight Ten. We're all friends. Mm -hmm. It's all great. Um, But we we uh, we were talking about Nicole Hardman and. Looking at some of the, the raw skills there, I actually think in a weird way Tyreek Hill and his existence sort of did McColl Harden a disservice, not just because it's another crazy fast guy with now incredible ball skills to compare him to, but, but as a rookie, almost the inverse, because Tyreek Hill came in as a dude who was like, playing a good amount of his snaps as, like, a pseudo running back. Right. Um, McCool Hardman was playing receiver at Georgia. That actually counts for something, and I actually think he may have gotten glossed over in, in that regard. Um, it, it, this is this might be a little too galaxy brain. I don't know. <laughs> but I like McCool Hardman if you're in, like, a deep fantasy league. I got a deep fantasy like draft coming league? up next weekend. Yeah, yeah it, like a run, dynasty no, league, just, or a 20 no, team league or a 20-team league. I'll sell you on this. Well, we start, we start three receivers, and it's also a flex. Oh. And it's a deep, it's a deep bench, so it's you know it's a little heavy, but but here's the thing on McCall Hardman, man, I, I don't I don't think that he is going to in a perfect situation become fantasy rosterable or um or like a, a a dynamic part five times a game. I think I think he's gonna have a moment just about every game, and it might not be a touchdown every game. That would be crazy, but I I think that you're gonna go oh, here's the McCole Hardman play, or at the very least, whenever he's on the field, you're going to know where he is. That's something that Andy Reid, I think, is going to make sure is true. And whenever you're doing that opposite Tyree Kill, then then all of a sudden you're watching those two dudes and you forget about Travis Kelsey and you forget about Sammy Watkins. And if Travis Kelsey or or Tyree Kill get hurt, which hasn't really been an issue, obviously passes open up, but Sammy Watkins has gotten hurt. And if you are going to tell me that Sammy Watkins misses six games – who gets a big jump mm-hmm. in their in their receptions and in their production? I would take McCole yeah. Hardman there. I, they, they would go to t- a few more passes to Tyree Kill, a few more to Travis Kelsey, and a couple maybe to, to Demarcus Robinson. But if Sammy Watkins goes down, they're different players in different roles. But I think I think if you get halfway through the season before that happens, Andy Reid is going to be begging for a reason to throw it to McCole Hardman more often. The the man can. Do scoot. I sound like a crazy person? I'm, no.
1: You, you don't no. sound like a crazy person. His his acceleration is special. It really is. Yeah. And we've seen that on multiple snaps now. Um, one quote that I saw that I think Nate once again pulled it. Nate does all the actual reporting work. I sit in my mom's yeah. basement and look <laughs> at my laptop. Hey, you got you got a <laughs> wife and kids. You, all, don't have, you
2: don't have to stoop to that level.
1: I, I sit in my basement on my laptop. Do you want me basement. to reveal where I'm doing
0: the show from today right now? <laughs> I would love to know that. I am currently, I am currently doing this podcast from my little sister's room in Florida.
2: <laughs> you never get, you, you, surrounded you are going to get this content anywhere, people. I, you got You got to stay anywhere with this. Else. You got to stick with this.
0: Yes. I've got where unicorns. can you get a host 12? I, <laughs> I got horse paintings on the wall. And I got a little panda ooh. magnet And where
2: are, where are you, Josh, for our, for our lovely listeners and subscribers? Where
0: are you in Florida? Uh, my, uh, I like what yeah, city? Yeah, sure.
1: The I address flew into as tampa well, bay, the
0: Tampa bay the uh, tampa bay i don't I don't know I don't even know where specifically I am because I am. Can you be jet lagged in one day? I am. I'm that. This is me <laughs> on low performance right now. <laughs> this is this, a low energy me. Th-
1: yeah, this is this is our Red Bull Light performance. That's that's, that's <laughs> right. a great that's a great locale though. I'm just amazed that Nate and I both have not had a child burst into the room that we're in yet. That blows my mind. It's so it's, we're yeah, on a roll. I mean, you is, may
2: have you. It. I don't want you to us but the boy's sleeping right okay, now, and right. that's a great that's just, just a that's, great thing. That,
1: that's true. Everybody That's knock on wood
0: like you're an Oakland Raider.
1: Yep, there we go. We're good. Like <laughs> you're an Oakland Raider. Good God. <sighs>
0: Thank you. Hard enough. Seth, uh, who have you who have you seen something different in than you expected uh with from the preseason?
1: Well, see, while some people stay on the very shallow
0: end of the pool, mm. some
1: of us dive deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Listen, actually, some of us have did. to Just, raise
0: the IQ of this show.
1: I've already backpedaled so hard on Juan Thornhill that I'm not going to talk about him more, but he looks he looks good. He had a couple things happen at the, the, the preseason yeah, game against the Niners.
0: A, today would be a good day for you to say, hey guys, remember when I said Juan Thornhill might not be right. there immediately? This would be well, the time for you to say it's, that. It's like, Saturday wasn't ideal. He, he actually... He
1: actually tweeted out that, like, he said, like, you know, only 2% of people know what's going I on in football. That. that, to me, sounds like a guy who is not happy that he got ragged on. And it yeah. could have been he was trying to cover up for mistakes elsewhere because Spagnola went out of his way to compliment him. So, I mean, Thornhill's won for sure. He was faster than I thought he would right. be. He was quicker than I thought he would be. Um, I was, I thought he was a third or fourth rounder. I was wrong. Everyone else was right. Dunk on me, Chiefs Twitter, please. Time's <laughs> ours, hashtag, dunking on Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, But one guy that I've been pleasantly surprised by is Damian Wilson. And by pleasantly surprised, it doesn't mean I think he, he's going to be a star or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this was really the first time I've really looked at him. I, I'm actually in the process of, of taking a look at the run defense. That's something that's coming up. And I noticed on a couple of the plays that Anthony Hitchens made where he got there, you know who was swallowing that lead blocker by getting in there right away? Damian mm-hmm. Wilson. And he's actually – he's looked faster than I thought he would. He's been aggressive. Um, he looks like he's doing all right in coverage. Um, he is not a star, but he looks like a guy who can do a lot of the dirty work and make other guys look good. And I really – when they signed him, that was the most giant ball of meh ever for me. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember I like, our yeah. Texas – like, I didn't exchange. even
2: do a – You're like, who is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have literally never heard of this dude. And you know it's yeah. bad when I right, don't do a right. film review on a free right. agent signing. I was just like, eh. <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, I yeah, sure, I've done 2,000-word articles on three snaps, but I this is a bit too deep for me. And he, he looked good. He looked good at training camp too. So, again, I don't expect star power out of him, but I think he will be the kind of quiet, behind-the-scenes person Playmaker that allows other people to be playmakers. I like where you're going there. Uh, what, right, what, if, I will say one tidbit about uh,
2: Damian Wilson that I saw uh, last week. I'll la- inject that into my veins. last week before the preseason game against the 49ers, uh, Dave Tobe loves to have McCole do most of the reps as the uh, excuse me the punt returner, and so they had Damian as you know one of the guys in coverage, and it's not live, but guys are obviously speeding down there to try to you know at least tag him, at least touch him. Um, it's almost like playing, you know, touch football in, in your backyard on a punt return. And so the the ball gets to to Hardman. He starts, you know, making these little jitterbug moves in the middle of the field. And and Wilson's streaking at him, like kind of has him in his sights. Like I'm going to touch you. I'm going to I'm going to you know two hand touch you uh, to mark the play dead. And Macaulay Hardman ran so fast that. All Damian Wilson said was, man, that dude fast. That dude is fast. (laughs) So all that to be said, uh, you know, not only is Damian uh, Wilson a guy that's sort of uh, improved and I think blossomed even more so than uh, Darren Lee so far in this system. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also has a sense of humor. And he also says, as a guy who's been in the league a couple years, yeah, Michael Hartman, real fast, guys. Just want to let everybody know (laughs) on the practice field that, dang, that dude fast. <laughs> he has the uh, what I was gonna say analysis.
0: Is, uh, dude, and it's that's the brand. That's the hashtag Time Sours brand. Um I, what I was gonna say is that if this show runs long, it is going I am going to be the one that the coaches yell at. Uh I gotta make sure we get out, you know, in, in time. We gotta nail this two minute drill. So let's let's stay under two here. Um this, can that be a thing? Let's I don't do know. it. Uh yes. Andrew Luck retired. Andrew Luck retired. And whenever Chef Holy tweeted God. it, I got a phone call. Like I People were trying to figure out, did, did Schefter get hacked? Is this the real right. right account? It says verified. What's happening here? Right. Andrew Luck retires. Uh, Nate, your your thought as it happened, your thought now after hearing him talk and the story altogether.
2: Basically, it's I'll never forget where I was, right? I was in the press box of Arrowhead yeah. Stadium. And our Chiefs preseason game was as irrelevant and got even more irrelevant in real time. And so <laughs> yeah. it was right before halftime. Halftime rolls around. Everybody's like you said, Josh, like in a frenzy, just like, what in what? But this doesn't make sense. Like they said he would come back. They said he would be like the quarterback of like, yeah. you know, he's a generational talent. And I remember walking by and I tweeted this um during the game. You know, everyone likes to get, you know, a little snack, a little, you know, something to to, you know, get you to move out of the out of your seat in, in the press box at halftime. And I, I looked at guys in the front office, and I won't name them, but I looked at them and it's like I didn't have to say it. But I could tell on their face, and one guy was just like, I'm I'm completely stunned. Like, what is this? Like, what? You know? And so these are guys who yeah. spend their yeah. days, their lives, their hours preparing for how do we beat the Colts? How do we beat the Patriots? And for everyone in the league together to just basically say, what? Like, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the day Andrew Luck decided to retire because the Colts essentially uh, broke his body down by not giving him any good offensive lineman until it was too late, so that that's my takeaway. Right, it's just yeah. like wow that that's the one thing I remember from this preseason game is that the entire you know balance of the AFC may have shifted because Andrew Luck retired before the season started.
0: Uh, Seth, what was your takeaway? What what have you thought in the time since that news broke? Um, uh, two things really quickly, and I
1: swear I really mean that this time the the first is that i you know n- none of us know what it's like to be a professional football player i mean it, the the hits if you're on the sideline or even close it's just so absurd what these yes. guys put their bodies yes. through but yeah. i've worked i've worked some hard jobs I, i've i've been a dare mm-hmm. can in an oil rig and you know i've i've done things that beat up my body but i've also done things that beat up my mind being a child protection attorney is horrible and i can just say I actually for one of the first times in my life identified with a professional athlete for just a second. When I saw mm-hmm. kind of the look in his eyes when he was like you could tell he was sad, you could mm-hmm. tell that that he was regretful that he didn't, you know, he didn't want to let people down, but you could see the sense of relief on his face that it was yeah. over. And I just got to say I know what it feels like to just like I can't do this another day. Like when you're yeah. just mentally beat up and people can talk about you know grit and this or whatever but i just there are some days where if i didn't have to keep doing this and those are the days my wife just finds me sitting in front of my computer with nothing there just my face in my hands like i can't do this this job and it's tough you know it's a different type of tough but i get where he's coming from and i recognize that And it was such a weird thing say like no that dude's tired he needs,
2: yeah.
1: he needs to get and, out. And just to, because he is mentally done. Right. And
2: just to, to a synopsis, a little snap of Andrew Luck's body: um, ankle problem, uh, Achilles yep. appears to be a problem. Uh, you know, lacerated kidney, <laughs> shoulder that they botched. Yeah. Uh, concussions. He's yeah. probably never yeah he's probably right. had yeah. multiple concussions. Uh, you know, right. th- there's yeah. so many things on his body that it's just like this 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 game will eat you up if 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 it doesn't go the way you
1: hope. Right. So, yeah, just just go right off into the sunset. The the second thing is just that so many things feel like a new era in Kansas City right now. And it's so weird to me that luck is gone because so much of the old Chiefs is associated with pain with the Colts, you know, and Mahomes kind of helped exercise those demons with a home playoff win against the Colts and Andrew Luck of the 28 point comeback and all that stuff. And it really does feel even more now. As happy as I am for luck, it does feel even more now like this is a new era for the Chiefs. And it's just kind of a weird thing seeing one of the primary antagonists is gone.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and all really good. I don't. I, the only thing that I would add that that I feel like Seth, you've probably helped open some eyes to. Is that I think if we generally were a little more empathetic of where people were coming from and and putting less of a price tag on oh, I'd get hit for four hundred grand to hit for I'd do that for the rest of my life <laughs> right. you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't if you didn't have to and if you didn't love it anymore you you and you you didn't you didn't love it anymore and you didn't need the money anymore and you saw a better life for yourself doing something different. I like how on earth would I be like? No, nah, that he did that. That he made a wrong, bad choice. Like, no, man, that's right. That is one hundred percent his prerogative, and frankly, like his life. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it's a it's a really fascinating story, and, and and I like that point too, Seth. It's sort of another era of of Chiefs pain that is that is fundamentally different right, right. now. Um, Gone at last, and and yeah, it's it's. Absolutely fascinating, as I would argue, this entire show has been just gym after gym <laughs> after gym, <laughs> just talent on top of talent. And uh, you guys want to do this again later this week? Does that sound good? We might as I well. I mean,
2: there's a preseason game. Yeah. And we should probably talk about it on Friday. I mean, although it's you know the fourth preseason game. <laughs> I didn't. I, I could.
1: One. I could hear your hat. Your your air quotes game. There will be
0: a performance in which some people play football. It's hard for me to explain how excited I am for week one and how absolutely apathetic I am for week four, but gosh dang it, we're going to watch that game. We're going to watch it too close. And we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about Matt Moore playing in an offense that he has absolutely no familiarity with uh, in, in any recent <laughs> oh, hey. era. And, and hey, you it, just gave everyone—you
1: just gave everyone a reason to watch that game. Well done. We this got is an the angle. kind of thing you get on the the Athletic,
0: and you get it here uh, everywhere, really, from the Athletic on Mondays. But every the, the Friday shows are exclusively for you, the beautiful, wonderful subscribers. And you are beautiful today, I wanted to let you know. You beautiful, wonderful subscriber to The Athletic. Friday shows are, are for the subscribers, so come aboard. At this point, it's, it's silly if you're not. Um, and again, if you're not following all of us on Twitter, I would encourage you to do it. You can get some of the absolute top-notch, best Chiefs reporting in the world from Nate, at ByNateTaylor on Twitter. You can get some of the most insightful Chiefs film breakdowns you'll find anywhere on the website, at RealMNChiefsFan and you can get tweets about Pokemon Go in 2019 and a lot of self-promotion at JBBrisco which is me. Still no E at the end of that Twitter handle. Plus you can get all things Kansas City related via The Athletic at Athletic KC and uh, if you want to ask any questions to the entire show altogether Follow all of us and, and, and tag us in it. But you can use the hashtag #TimesHours, uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna all keep an eye on that, and we'll take a look at those. I don't know when this show's brand new. Don't ask when the Dave Mailbag's are gonna be on. I have no idea. We got one show down, and that's good enough for me. Do we need a sign off? Do you want you guys want to have a sign off? We didn't discuss this ahead no. of time.
1: I'm fine. <laughs> you know, I I have always just loved telling people that it is a great week to be a Chiefs fan.
0: I, that's a different show, though. I wasn't gonna say bye, mom. Oh, you can also listen to me on Sports Radio Eight Ten. I'm I need to say. It. <laughs> I wasn't
1: gonna say bye, mom.
0: Yeah, you can't I have just it, Nate. Be, Nate, I just want to be slightly no. more important than everyone else. No, I, I have a sign off that I'm not doing here that I do only on Sports Radio Eight Ten. And Fine. Seth just brought up Nate. Seth good? just brought an old lover into this podcast. That's not <laughs> your life anymore. <laughs> Nate, just say that the show's over and we'll figure it out.
2: Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. See you on Friday.